and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And on the podcast today is our Deacon of Administration, Ben Mosbeck. Hey, guys. My pastoral assistant, Kevin no- Knower. Hey, guys. Ooh, nice save. <laughs> ah, and <laughs> our pastor of discipleship, Rob Spikes. Howdy, everybody. And today we want to do... Um, a little beyond the sermon. So we are in a sermon series right now called Reformed and Always Reforming. And uh, we are looking at the Protestant Reformation and kind of um, extrapolating the the main principles of the Protestant Reformation and seeing how they still apply to us today. And we're asking the Lord to um, reform us and, and, and do something similar that he did back then. And uh, this week, um, I, w- I, I preached on the second of the solas. I preached sola gratia on grace alone. And uh, yeah, so guys, <clears throat> thoughts on the sermon? Well, I let me just throw up my question out for you because as I was kind of contemplating and thinking about it, I was wondering, you, you've described this amazing... Uh, uh, you know, gift, if you will, or, you know, grace is such a, a free thing, and God is offering salvation freely. It's this, this idea of that's his grace. And yet we seem to be so put off by that. We seem to almost want to resist a this this free gift that God has given to us. And it's just, why is that? Why is it that we're so averse to someone offering something to us so freely? Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> I think... There's at least two reasons, at least that come to my mind. Number one is um, <clears throat> we want to separate ourselves from others, like mm-hmm. kind of like competitively. <clears throat> we want to be good, mm-hmm. and by good I mean better than you, the next guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> better than the neighbor. Okay, <clears throat> and so that 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 means I want to be um, more moral than you or more worthy than you or more deserving or more um, educated or or whatever it is. I want God to look at me and see me Hmm. in myself and my efforts as better than you. Okay. Yeah. I think that that's a, that's something that that's down there. And that's something that I think most people could probably acknowledge from the playground, you know, we're like, who's the fastest? Who's, you know, we know in school who the smartest is like, um, and, and typically every child just chooses one thing that they want to be best at, whether it's the class clown, I don't care what grade I got. I'm funnier (laughs) than you. I can make the whole class laugh, you know, or the most disobedient. Right. Because I don't care. I break, I break rules. I, I'm not a sheep like you. We choose something to be better at because we're trying to separate ourselves from, from everybody else. Mm-hmm. But then the side, I think that we probably wouldn't recognize, but I think it's probably driving much of that behavior is that we realize if we, if we owe everything in our life to another person, then they could legitimately ask anything from us at any time mm. and we would be compelled mm. to give it to them. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we 
don't want to give anyone that type of control Mm. over Mm. us. Mm -hmm. And of course, that would be dangerous if it was another person because they could manipulate us, they could take advantage of us, they could, you know, all kinds of different things. But when it's God himself Mm. or his perfect son, Jesus Christ, you're being, I mean, the, the, the biblical image is when you're a slave of Christ, you are, you're free, mm-hmm. right? That's what true freedom is. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so when we yoke ourselves to Christ, we get freedom, not bondage. Mm-hmm. So um, I, think, I think that's what terrifies people probably all the way down in their soul, but, they're, but maybe they don't really do the heart work mm-hmm. to, to, to really recognize it. Yeah. You know, yeah. what it would, if, if this is true, what would that mean about my Sundays? Mm. What would that mean about my finances? What would that mean about how I raise my children? What would that mean about my, the movies that I watch? And the, like this, that would affect every single aspect of my life. Yeah. 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 yeah but it's, it's interesting because he, you know, you know, as you, as you worked out what he's offering to us, he's offering life. I mean, not, we're not, we're talking about eternal life. Yes. You know, we're talking, you know, when we die, but we, even more than that, he's offering life here and now to, mm-hmm. to live life as God intended to live life. And so this is the offering that he's giving to us. And yet we're struggling with, but, but I kind of want to still control my life. You know, the, the very, the very tug that you're talking about is I don't know if I want to give him that kind of control in my life. It doesn't make sense that we would think in those terms because he's offering us something that we can't even, we can't even get ourselves. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow we think we're still wrestling with, wait a minute. That means if he does ask me to not watch certain types of movies or not do certain type of work or do certain things with my money. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want him to have that kind of control. Mm. Wow. It doesn't, makes sense mm-hmm. that we would give up eternal life or we'd give up life in order to have these lesser things. And yet somehow we do. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, and it doesn't, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think sin is logical, mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah, that's right. And, and what mm-hmm. makes sense of it is when you read scripture yeah. and you go all the way back to the garden mm-hmm. and you have a plethora of trees and you have a garden of yeses and you have one no. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do we do? Yeah, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like we're mm-hmm. we're, you know, I wonder if I really think that God might be holding out on me. I don't believe God is who He says He is, or who you know He's revealed Himself to be. Right. I can't really trust Him, and so we believe a lie about God. And I think this is evidence. This might be also just evidence. For the reality of Satan. Hmm. Sure. You know, like where do those thoughts come from? Right. Yeah. Where do those thoughts come from? Uh, How does Eve, you know, in a perfect garden, just all of a sudden go, I don't know. He might be mean. Mm -hmm. You know, like he might be holding out on me. Look at the garden, girl. What are you talking about? (laughs) Hold now. You got one tree that you can't eat of, (laughs) you know, and but Satan whispers, you know, you, you right. You can't eat of it or, or even touch, touch it. it. Yeah. And that was a lie because God didn't say that. Yeah. 
and uh, and she believes it, right? So, um, we we see that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly, but Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. That he's a liar. He's when he lies, he speaks his native language. He's been lying since the very beginning, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, I think. I, you know what, Rob? I think most people, what they're trying to do is hedge their bets. Mm. You know, like the old proverb of not putting all your, your eggs in, in one basket. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. So what they're trying to do is they want to put enough eggs over on Jesus that they're going to get eternal life. Right. But they're going to keep as many eggs in their basket to do what they want with. So just in case... This Jesus thing does isn't really what it says. At least I had a pretty good life. Right, I was a middle class American. I had some good stuff. Man, that those, those sports leagues were amazing for my kids. They had a lot of, you know, and uh, I'm not I'm not willing to go all in. I'm not willing to go all in on Jesus. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to huh. to hedge my bets a little bit. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that is when you do that, it becomes kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. If you say, well, "I'm not going to trust God with everything," because what if it doesn't work out? Then <laughs> you make it not work out, right? Is that an accurate way of looking at it? Well, for a lot of things, yes, for sure. I mean, it, when, a, when a parent does that, especially in the discipleship of their kids, mm-hmm. then their kids are going to be more prone to mm-hmm. yep. walk away from the church. I think the number right now is um, upwards to 70% yeah. of Christian kids raised in the church walk away from it after high school. Mm. Um, now, how many of those parents actually, you know, pushed all the eggs into the basket of Jesus? Mm-hmm. How many of them were actually living their faith at home? How many actually yeah. were educating their children in a Christian worldview? How many of them were putting the church first? You know, there's a lot of people that, that claim to be Christians, you know, but yeah. then if yeah. sports come up, no big deal, right? Um, so, yeah, I think it I think it does. It is self-fulfilling and it's self-sabotage and, uh, and, and Jesus mm-hmm. is no fool. You're lukewarm, he spits you out of his mouth. Yeah. So... There's that for sure. <clears throat> so, so why do we resist grace? I see th- those mm-hmm. two reasons. You guys got anything mm-hmm. else? You know, like I think we want to earn it mm-hmm. and to, to separate ourselves from the neighbor. And then we don't want to, to feel like, you know, um, he could ask anything of us at any time and yeah. we, we'd have to give it up. I've been, and I don't, I don't know if there is any one thing that, answers this, but since that sermon yesterday, been trying to, specifically with the earning one, why is that just, why does it seem so unavoidable? Like, a part of the human condition, or whatever, it it looks different for different people, but that, like, it is so hard for me to receive grace from Jesus, or a gift from somebody else, or, you know, whatever, because I, just something unnameable in me just wants to I, I want that's to, not I want to earn it unnameable. <laughs> what is the name what is in the, the name in the, in the moment in the moment <laughs> like you know yeah uh, yeah uh, uh, yeah it looks different for different people but um, that is that seems to be just so hardwired into mm-hmm. us that can't receive something just just freely just because it's a gift even birthday christmas whatever you receive a gift you better write that person a thank you note like yes okay (laughs) but that having to somehow pay back or show enough gratitude or um you know whatever to have 
earned that gift or made it worth it or, or something, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. kind of mind-blowing the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, I was back in, uh, we were on, a, on a, actually a, a mission trip in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, we were, the Ukrainian people that we were with, this, this church, they're really poor. And um, we, here we are, you know, middle class, upper middle class kind of folk coming over and everything. And they started giving us gifts. And the first thought some of us had was, oh, I've got to give them a gift now. I've got to, I got to find a gift for them, something that will be suitable for them. And they overheard this. They said, oh, no, you've taken all the joy out of us being able to give you a gift if you think we you know, have somehow mm. earned this gift. Wow. But, that, man, it is, mm. it is wired in us yeah. to want to um, somehow pay people back mm-hmm. for the very gift that yeah. they're giving to us freely. Um, yeah, I... I, I I know what you're talking about. How much of that is culture? Because I was thinking, Justin, you were talking about the categories, the the smartest and the the funniest and all that. And so we, it, it seems like we're being told by society that we have to be the best at something. And so we, we get into that mindset. And so when something says, here, let me help you with this, that goes against that. Well, I have to be the best X, yeah. Y, or Z, hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, it can do that for sure. You can you can have that. Uh, oh no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need this. You know, like I don't, I don't really need this. Uh, do I look like a person who needs this? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? Do you do you think I can't really manage my life? That I need your help? <laughs> yeah. I need this. You know, like mm-hmm. it it can push against that mm-hmm. identity for sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's cultural. I think and probably our culture, particularly when you know you're supposed to be the self-made man, you know, yep. we, we would say within our culture. Uh, but I think it still is tapping into our sin nature. It's tapping into pride. It's tapping into that piece of us that wants to say, "I did it," mm-hmm. and it and so you need to make a little bit about me, much mm-hmm. about me, you know, kind of a feel to it, rather than giving God the glory that is His mm-hmm. due Him. Uh, we want to snatch a little bit of that glory for ourselves. So mm-hmm. even even our salvation, we can come to a point and say, "Hey, I'm the one who got it. Mm-hmm. I understood it. My neighbor huh. didn't, but man, I'm smart. Mm-hmm. I read the Bible. I trusted in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And look at my neighbor over there. Boy, they're not very smart. Yeah, we could they? treat I mean, the Bible like advan- like some kind of advanced calculus yeah. problem yeah. that we we actually solved. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and we deserve. Um, we deserve the pat on the back because yeah. we actually read it and we, we, we could uh, manipulate all the advanced computations and we did it all in our head and bam, duh, it makes sense yeah. because we're, we have such a high IQ. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I think it's part of it. I think it's part of the works righteousness, part of that, the pride and the, in the, you know, in the human heart that just wants to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's, that's all that. Like I want to do it my way. And it, and sometimes gr- and grace interrupts that, mm-hmm. right? Even the grace of friends mm-hmm. can interrupt that, you know, and, um, and kind of shock me out of, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, I'm doing it again. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to do it again in, in my own way. Mm-hmm. What else? Any, mm-hmm. any other thoughts from the sermon yesterday? Yeah, I was thinking it was kind of with what we were just talking about over the last few minutes in mind that I really appreciated um, that the gospel, your point that the gospel is good news, not just good advice. And I think with some of that sin nature we've been talking about, our, our temptation again is 
oh, let me give you the gift of my knowledge, you know, what, what you should do instead of, hey, you know, who you are, mm. who Christ has made you. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, I think that's, it's always a temptation to turn the gospel into good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't realize that when we do that, we're smuggling in um, a faulty view of ourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that we, when we give someone advice, once again, we are believing that they are not, or we're not dead in their trespasses and sins. Mm. They just needed a, they just need a better advice. Yeah. yeah. They just needed, you know, a better list of things to do, the right things to do. And yep. then, mm-hmm. you know, they could start in the morning and start fresh and put it, put it into practice. And then they're going to get the, ex- the intended outcomes that they, that they want. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that, yeah. And I think good advice doesn't, um, uh, produce joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the gospel does. The gospel produces great joy. Yeah. When we, when we get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was struck a little bit into your into your message where as you talked about how wonderful this is that we have here, you you kind of described it as is that it should produce in us an insane level of joy, mm. right? And I was as I was thinking about that, I realized at the the longer you're in the church, the the um the, the loss of joy that can mm. can occur, you know. So, so you're hearing this. So I'm hearing this. I don't know, whatever. Thirty years down the road from my salvation, and I was thinking, ooh, I don't feel mm-hmm. like I have enough insane joy in my, <laughs> in my life. And so I was, I was thinking about what do you do? You know, how do we, in one sense, recapture yeah. that that joy and that praise and that thanks that just should come out of this? Uh, you know, you you described it as this debt that we that that we owe. And the good news is it's been paid. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, I love the descriptions you give, the illustrations you give there. You know, the guy's in line, you know, has got to, you know, uh, pay, a, you know, an insane amount of money that he's never going to be able to pay and most likely going to die as a result of it. And, yeah, somebody comes to you and whispers in your ear, good news, it's been paid for. Mm-hmm. How much joy at that moment would produce in me because I would know that if I'm in that line, I'm probably going yeah. to mm-hmm. die. And yeah. so we would be absolutely joyful. And yet, as I was listening and thinking that through, I thought, wow, man, my joy is not where it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I didn't explicitly say, but that, you know, Paul is writing that and it's all past tense because he's teaching believers mm. to look back mm-hmm. and he's helping them to reinterpret their story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here, here's what I've noticed. When I first heard that, like in my mind's eye, I, I went back and I saw my corpse, my spiritual corpse mm. laying there on the table. Yep. And, you know, it was it was kind of a good looking corpse though. <laughs> <laughs> oh Do you know my what I mean? goodness. It, okay. it, it is a pretty handsome corpse. Right. Okay. But gotcha. as I'm getting older <laughs> and I work my way back. I'm starting to see just how ugly, just how ugly <laughs> that corpse. And so, in a sense, I go back, and when I look at myself, I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" Mm-hmm. Because he says there, he did it, you know, because of the love with which he loved us. Now, think about that. The first time I looked back at that corpse, and I was like, "Ah, it's a pretty good looking corpse." Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, yeah, you know, thanks, Jesus, for loving me. You know, yeah. kind of good-looking corpse. Right. But now as I go back and I and I can see um, my the wickedness, the ugliness of my corpse. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it should, it, every time I, as I'm walking with Jesus and I'm getting closer and closer to the Lord and I'm understanding his word and I'm mm-hmm. understanding the depths of sin in my own heart and the way, uh, and, and just what sin is from scripture, I go back and I'm seeing that, that, that body is looking more and more like a nasty zombie. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I read, and he did that, for the love with which he loved us. He walked down the halls of a morgue and chose that nasty zombie looking mm-hmm. rotten body yeah. to love. And then that grace wasn't just that resurrecting grace. Boom, right there. He, he brought it to life, but then he gives it the grace that, that grows and matures and beautifies it, mm. which will eventually glorify it. Mm-hmm. Right? So he resurrects a, a, a rotting corpse, fills it with the Holy Spirit, and it's then it almost takes me back to like Ezekiel, right? Mm-hmm. Now that thing, the Spirit's breathing into that mm-hmm. thing, and that thing getting flesh and sinews and everything's mm-hmm. working, and and all of that is a gift of grace. Seated us in the heavenly places, yeah. and we get the united with Christ, and he, we are His workmanship, mm-hmm. created in Christ Jesus. So now. When you look at like what I was, that mm-hmm. dead rotting corpse, and what I am now, right? This fills me with insane levels of joy, mm. and what I will be in the future, mm. and all of it just shows off God because yeah. He's the Creator, He's the Recreator, He's mm-hmm. it's His work, we're His workmanship. Yeah. So that's how it produces an insane level of joy. It's a humbling joy. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a joy that goes. Oh, it's almost painful to think of what a fool I was when he saved me. <laughs> I thought I was real wise or whatever, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and and that's deeply humbling. But then when you finish that paragraph out mm-hmm. and, and you realize um, what Christ has done for us, it yeah, it creates that explosion of joy. And I kind of the way I described it and uh, was you know small gift. S- small response mm-hmm. and it was I was kind of like I kind of played off dunamis a little bit you know and like like a little bit of gunpowder a little bit of explosion right. you know a little bit of grace a little bit of joy mm-hmm. whole lot of grace mm-hmm. whole lot of joy yeah. and that's but but then we're not going to see that if we don't realize we have a whole lot of need mm-hmm. yeah if we yeah. have a big debt if we have you know then we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to experience grace yeah. the way that it actually it is and and I think you know ultimately I think that's what Lewis talks about that heaven will work itself back once we get to heaven oh yes right it, it'll work its mm. it'll work itself backwards mm-hmm. and I think that's part yeah, of what he means you know yeah. we're gonna see just what God has done and yeah. it's gonna turn even to our greatest sorrows on earth into joy yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That that reinterpreting re reinterpreting the story was I feel like that's kind of what the Lord is doing in me since that sermon yesterday as far as maybe um, my personal gospel renewal my personal um, reformed and always reforming is it it immediately took me back to the the moment 
that scripture actually made sense. Mm-hmm. And hearing you say yesterday, um, I, I wasn't sin sick. I didn't have a sin head cold. I mm-hmm. didn't have, you know, whatever. I was dead yeah. on the table, nothing to be done. Nothing I could do to, to, to do anything, let alone resurrect myself and, and give myself life. And I, it immediately took me back to the moment I believed that, understood that, accepted that for the first time. And that, that remembering brought me back to, to that place of insane joy. And, and it's, it's like, okay, <laughs> Keep, keep remembering that. Keep, mm-hmm. keep remembering that. Keep going back to that. That it's because it is. There's there's a slide back into the the longer it goes, the the less or more infrequent joy is, or you know whatever. And the I'm I'm tempted to think so many times like just a little sick, just a little. Yeah. Well, you know. and here's here's the part of the danger is, and we've been talking about good works and what mm-hmm. good works are for, mm-hmm. is because as God sanctifies us. Mm. <clears throat> We are growing in godliness. Yeah. We are performing more good works, mm-hmm. right? And so the temptation is to start looking around us mm. and going, dude, I'm not cheating on my wife. Mm. I'm not doing I read my Bible every day. Mm-hmm. I pray every day. I'm discipling my children. I'm, I'm not like this guy. What a moron. That mm. guy is such, you know, and so... Yeah. We start looking, because of the Spirit doing this work in us, <laughs> we start looking around and going, what is wrong with these people? I am in crazy town. Mm-hmm. And so, what we're again, we're looking at people, we're looking away from us, and we're not looking yeah. at where we came from, yeah. and we're not looking at who's the one doing the work on us. We are His workmanship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason we're where we are is because He's been working overtime on us. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's, that's why we are where we are. Yeah. And so that we just, we constantly need, whether you're 85 years old or you're 15, you need mm-hmm. that reinterpretation of events for you. You need yeah. to, to be yeah. reminded that Christ is the one at work in us mm-hmm. and on us. And, you know, you started as lifeless, spiritually yeah. lifeless, yeah. right? You can see that why he calls us to a life of repentance. It's interesting, a life of repentance actually increases our joy. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't think of that, of admitting mm-hmm. our sin and confessing that sin and repenting of that sin as being a joyful thing or an outcome, but actually that's exactly what it is. It's a reminder over and mm-hmm. every day, daily, look what I've done for you, look what I've done. Good news, good news, you're still mm-hmm. mine, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's that growing in godliness is growing in dependence on the Lord and not growing in independence from the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that repentance reminds us that we're completely dependent on yeah. him. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything else? Any other thoughts, questions? <clears throat> it's all for me. Okay. All right, so la gratia, grace alone. If you guys got any questions, you can email me, justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. God bless you. Talk to you soon. That's to, not I unnameable. Want to earn it. unnameable. <laughs> what is the name? What is in the, the name? In the, in the moment. In the moment. <laughs>